Good morning, my name is Karen Cleveland. I am honored and privileged to serve as a member of the executive board for Third Church. Um, what a great day to be in the house of the Lord worshiping, huh? Amen, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I had the privilege to worship with the junior high students on Wednesday night. You all need to do that. You need Shout out to Kaya and Caitlin, who I got to be in their group. They know how to worship. And um, as I was thinking about the prayer this morning, one of the things that we talked about that night was bringing chaos into order. And one of the things I wanna tell you is happy Easter, because did you know, I'm learning from my friend Arlen Stewart and my other friends on the First Saturday team about the Christian calendar. And we're still in Easter. Easter is 50 days after the resurrection, Lent's only 40. We live and bathe in the shadow of the resurrection much more than we walk towards the shadow of the cross. And so this morning, I just want to pray us into being resurrection people who are living in a Good Friday world. So would you pray with me? God, we are so thankful for the resurrection. It changes everything. But so often we live in the chaos and confusion of a Good Friday world. So when anxiety and fear grips and I want to try to control, will you please bring peace of the resurrection? When frustration and anger bubbles under the surface and tends to leak out on those that we love, will you bring the peace and love of the resurrection into our lives? When sadness envelops and overwhelms us, will you remind us of the joy and the hope of the resurrection. When righteous indignation sense, sets in because I think I'm right, will you help me love rightly and live rightly with others because I'm in right relationship with you because of the resurrection. God, in the midst of a Good Friday world full of confusion and void of hope, help us live out the resurrection Help us be resurrection people so secure in our identity in you who bring hope, who bring joy, who bring peace, who remind others that we have life because you live. Now, will you all join me in praying the prayer that Jesus taught us? The words are on the screen if you don't know them. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So would you use your imagination for a couple minutes? Would you remember what Mike said to us about the curtain being torn? What would it be like in your imagination if you walked through the curtain? What would be on the other side? Can you imagine that? So the curtain is torn and you walk through. What is it you experience? 
Now, would you look stage left and watch as I come through the curtain? What if when you come through the curtain on the other side, you enter a home that's filled with people who love? And there's incredible amounts of food and fellowship, and it's just beautiful. And you walk in, and you just think, wow. Wow. Brothers and sisters, that's our invitation all the time. We have been invited into the circle of love. Take you back to last big Sunday. So I used the passage from Philippians chapter 3. The phrase was, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of the suffering so that somehow I can attain the resurrection from the dead. What does that look like? Jim, can I have the picture, please, of the three circles in one? Next one, there you go. What if, when we say yes to Jesus, who has said yes to us, when you become born from above, you enter the circle of love? In the Old Testament, Mike made it clear, in the Old Testament, only one person dared to enter the Holy of Holies. And once a year, the high priest came and they wrapped a sash around his waist because if he died in the presence of the Holy God, they had to drag him out. But now, because of Jesus, we walk into the presence and the family and the home and the love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. St. Paul writes these crazy words. Nothing in all creation can separate you from that red place. Life can't, death can't, angels can't, demons can't. Nothing in all creation can separate you. What if when you walk through the veil, you enter in this incredible circle of love? Well, the reality is, you do. Welcome home. Let's, you follow me okay? Okay, I need, now I need you t today, I need everyone to put their thinking caps on, okay? Next week, we're gonna go after the heart. Today, I need your heads. I need you to really think with me for about 20 minutes about what this resurrection, new life, circle of love looks like. So Ephesians chapter one, verses three through 14 is what we're gonna read. But before we do, let me give you another picture. The picture is Rublev's, and I used this last year, and Mike made a beautiful pitch inviting people to send us some more imageries, if you would. Can I have the, there you go. This picture is done in 1425, and if you know anything about iconography, what's interesting is you're supposed to, in real life, look at the picture from the back to the front. So, look, this, look I've talked about this before, but I want to point out something new. What if, until, using your imagination, what if the one on the left is the Father, the one in the middle is the Son, the one on the right is the Holy Spirit? What if they're having a conversation? Use your imagination. And notice how the fingers point. The fingers of the Father point, look at their eyes. One eye looks at the other person's, and one eye is looking out at us. They have similar 
features and they have difference. So they are one and three, three and one. Now, I'll give you a little background. The scriptures say no one can look at God and live. So this is taken, the imagery is taken from Genesis 18, the story of Abraham and three angels. The tradition is that the three angels were actually Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you have this image of one God in three persons. Three persons, one God. But look at the uniqueness of each one and look at the commonalities. But in particular today, I want you to notice, look how the picture is, or the icon is drawn. Notice the space in the front. Rublev intended that to be for us. We are invited to come into the circle of love. We are invited into this, and if we understand this, that we are invited into the circle, we are invited forever in a place of welcome and love. Let me just, just segue just a second. For the last four years, I think it is, we've been trying as a church staff to organize all our ministries around four core values. They are intimacy, identity, belonging, and purpose. Now, if you look at the Trinity, you're gonna see, can I have the, that slide, Jim? Can you find it for me of all? Look at this. What do you see? Now, intimacy, identity, belonging, and purpose. Now, go back to the picture again, Jim, please. So look at the intimacy. They are connected to each other. They are mindful of each other. Now, what I don't like about the picture, it's static, because I'm gonna to talk to you a little more about the life of the, of the Trinity. But look at the intimacy. So they are looking, connected to each other, but look at the identity. Each one is separate. Each one is his own person, if I use that. Look at the belonging. They are a group together and a purpose. Do you see the chalice? If you look carefully, if you look carefully in Rublev's painting, it looks like there's a little lamb there. So what you have, use your imagination. Father, Son, and Spirit are saying, we love these people. How can we invite them into our circle of love? Use your imagination. And Jesus says, look at his hand. I'll go. I'll be the lamb. I'll be the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Or, use your imagination. What if they're having this conversation and Jesus had just ascended back into the circle of love. And now they're saying, what can we give them that would give these people that we love life? How about if we pour out the Holy Spirit's breath? And what if the Spirit says yes? Intimacy, identity, belonging, and purpose. After the first service, someone came to see me. I wanted to talk about has a high school daughter who is really wrestling with, uh, am I welcome, am I safe, am I known? And I listened and I said to myself, isn't that true of many of us? So let me just, I'm, I'm gonna exaggerate just a little bit, but I'm not. Can I, can I push this a little bit? So we have God the Father over here, we have God the Son over, over here, and then we have God the Holy Spirit, and then who do we pray to? Okay, let's see. Wait, 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 wait. 
well, we can't see him. We can't, we can't. Okay, we got Jesus, but he's gone. So, so how does our theology give us a place of welcome and intimacy and identity and belonging and purpose? Unless you understand, you have been invited because of Jesus into an eternal circle of love. And here's St. Paul. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when Jesus tore the veil, Mike's analogy, book of Mark, book of Hebrews, when the veil was torn open, we have been invited into a circle of eternal love. And it goes on forever. So, let me, now this is, I don't like this picture because it's static. So let me just, let me give, let me, let me give you just, just one, next week I'm gonna go off the heart. I'm going ahead right now, listen to this. God is not some faceless, all-powerful abstraction. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, exist, listen to this, existing in a passionate, joyous, and vibrant fellowship. The Trinity is a circle of shared life. The life is full, it's not empty, it's abounding, expanding, it's rich, it's beautiful. The Trinity is not sad or boring or religious. The Trinity is a circle of love. It's about abundance and meaning and purpose forever, and we are invited into that. So when you die, if you enter Christ, when you die and your eyes close and your eyes open, what has been present all along, which we are just a little bit mindful of, we then begin to experience. We are in an eternal circle of love. Happy Easter. That's what 50 days is all about. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. And I need to unpack this. And can I invite you please to bring your Bibles in the future? This is, it's tough to read big groups of blocks of scripture when you have to go slide after slide. So before I go farther, let me, I want to just have you just see what we're going to see. Jim, can I have slides 7, 8, 9, and 10? This is what I want you to see. So I want, this morning I'm asking you to use your heads with me. You've got to think. I want you to really think about what this trinity is, this circle of love. So he starts with praise. Actually, it, there's two more. There's five times in this passage we are invited to praise. Why should we praise? Why should we worship? Because we are invited into a circle of love. Please, please, everybody watch me here. You don't earn your way in. You don't have to perform to stay in. You don't have to be really good, perfect to be a part of the circle of love. Wait till you read what St. Paul writes about how we are invited in. It's just crazy. And so he starts off five times. He starts with... Praise, the word is barakah. It's a word of blessing. In the Jewish tradition, when you gather to worship, you always begin with blessing God. So I often use part of the liturgy when I do communion. I hold up the cup of wine around the communion Sundays, and I use the phrase that Jesus said, Jesus, new words, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. In the liturgy of the Jews, it would be this. Blessed art thou, king of the universe, the creator of the fruit of the vine. You always blessed God. In fact, if you were a good Jew, you blessed God 18 times in the day. Three times a day. You blessed God. So how he starts is like the Jewish synagogue worship. 
he begins with the wonder of the Trinity and says, Woo, baby, we're going to praise this morning. Five times, praise, 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 praise. Why? Next slide. What are the Father's purposes? You're going to see the Father has two purposes. He says in verse 3, he is going to bless you in the spiritual realm with every spiritual blessing. And in verse 12, he's going to say, the Father is uniting all things in Christ. What about the Son? What do you see about the Son here? Next slide, please, Jim. God's love, the Father has purposes, the Son reveals love. We are chosen, Jesus chooses us, Jesus adopts us, and Jesus saves us. So the Father has purposes, praise, 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 praise. The Son is all about love, praise, 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 praise. What about the Spirit? And the Spirit is promising what is to come. Praise, 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 praise. Why? Because we are invited into the circle of love. So let me, let me, I, I said last service, someone came up to me and said, I'm taking you up, buddy. I, so I, I didn't mean it. I said last service, if people will make a decision in the next year to live in the circle of love, I would bet $5,000 they'll be different people. Because if you live in the circle of love, and you live out of the circle, what begins to happen? You begin to grow in intimacy with the triune God. You begin to learn what your identity is. We begin to understand that we have belonging. We belong. And then we understand and we have a purpose. Now, again, I'm playing with you. So let's play. I want you to think. So when you think about God the Father, what do you think about? Don't answer it, think it. What do you think about when you think about God as Father? What do you think about when you think about God as Son? What do you think about when you think about God as Spirit? And what I'm asking you to do is to think about Father, Son, and Spirit being a, an incredible, abundant, joyful, happy, adventurous, submissive, great circle of love. And that is what we're invited into. So we, listen now, if we start living from the circle of love, if we understand in our heads and it moves to our hearts, we will be different people. Yes? Because we know we belong. We know who we are. We know what our purpose is. Well, I'm talking too much. Let's go to the passage. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. So I'm going to kind of just go through it and make some comments as we go, and we'll come back. So here's now, here's the first of five. Praise. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at this next phrase and think it through. What does it mean? Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Let me stop. Talk to me. What do you think that means? Just throw some answers out. Lane, what do you think it means? Well, there's a lot there for us. And I want to know how I connect to that. Okay. Yeah. You want to know how to connect but, with these spiritual blessings. Yes, okay. Yes, it's there. Okay. So, he, so Jane Lane says, whatever those are, I want them. Yeah. Okay. What else? Talk to me. Help me. 
What does every spiritual blessing in Christ mean? Fullness, joy. Fullness, joy. Anybody, help me, please. Something we can hardly imagine. Something we can hardly imagine. Beautiful, beautiful. What else? Thank you. What else? Full, blessed. The, yes, way back there. Is it louder? Complete love. Okay, now this is what he's talking about. Can I have the picture again, Jim, of the circles? What has blessed us in every spiritual You're in there. Everything that's in there is yours. Everything that Father, Son, and Spirit have and are is yours. It's ours. Every spiritual blessing, Christ is the entryway. And we're into this. So forever, this life is just a practice for what's to come. Forever, we're going to live in this circle of love. The Father has a purpose to give you every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's all, it's, do you understand why he starts to praise? Ay, 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 what does that mean? Let's go on. Go back to the text, please. Chapter 1, verse 3. Four, now, now watch what happened. Now we're talking Jesus. For he chose us in Jesus. So God the Father chose us in Jesus when? Read it to me. Say that again. Before. So quick time out. Why did God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit create you? Create us. Back to the picture, Jim. Because we have been created to be a part of this forever. I want you to think. Use your heads. Why did God create us? Because he wants God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit want us to experience what they experience. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. We've been chosen in Jesus before the creation of the world to be what? Holy and blameless. For the theologians, that's the doctrine of justification. The sins are washed away, and when God looks at us, he sees holy and blameless. In his sight, and let's not go all over predestination, come back six, 10 years from now, we'll talk about it. <laughs> he predestined us for adoption to, oh, he predestined us for adoption to sonship. Adoption. I want you to think that through a little bit now. In the Roman world of that day, an adopted son, I'll, I'll spell it, B-A-S-T-A-R-D. There was no place in a Roman family for an adopted son. It's interesting in the book of Hebrews, the writer says, God, th those he loves, he disciplines as sons. Meaning what? A, a true son was given all the rights, the privileges, and the expectations of a family. So a child, a son, was disciplined because he was so loved. We, in Jesus, we have been chosen to be adopted, to, to be sons, to be daughters. So what did St. Paul write about chapter 8 of Romans? 
We are adopted into the family of God. That gets crazier in the same passage. What does St. Paul say? You're not just adopted kids. You are, listen, listen, look at, read Romans 8. You are co-heirs with Christ. How's the passage start? You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You are a co-heir. You've been adopted to be a co-heir with Christ. In accordance with God's pleasure, he wants to do it and will, his decision. The next verse, here it is again, to the praise, barakah, to bless his glorious grace, which he has freely given in the one Jesus he loves. In Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. We've been saved through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us when? When Jesus died and rose and ascended. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed, he decided, he acted in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment and what's the Father going to do? To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Just as an aside, you know what the most quoted Old Testament passage in the New Testament is? It's taken from Psalm 110. It's when Jesus puts his enemies under his feet. Wow. He is going to do what? He may notice the mystery of his will, to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, but in effect, when the times reach fulfillment, when Jesus comes back to bring unity to all things on heaven and earth, oh, in Jesus we were chosen. Okay, very good. Let's go on, farther on. Next, next slide. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ, here it is, fourth time, might be for the praise of his glory. And you, he's talking to Gentiles, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you, were, when you believed, now comes the Holy Spirit, you were marked in Jesus with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. What's the seal? I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. With a seal of the Spirit who is a deposit, a banking turn, which guarantees our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession for the fifth time to the praise of his glory. So let me just show you what we just looked at. Can I have slide seven, please? Mike, down, Jim. So he begins, praise. Oh, the wonder of the Trinity is just like, oh, can you believe this? So. I want you to think of how Mike started us. So back in the day, that passage, that, that, that curtain being torn would have been just absolutely mind-boggling to the Jews because no Jewish person would dare, would dare enter the Holy of Holies. For thousands of years, they all knew if the priest, high priest goes in, he's got to have a sash. Because there are stories and times when the priest died because God's presence was so unbelievable. They just fell over dead in fear and shock. 
And that's why the scriptures in the Old Testament say no one can see the face of God and live. That's how holy God is. And now the whole game swifts. Now you can just welcome to the circle of love. What are you talking about? Us. Wow. Glorious day, right? We have been invited into the circle of love. So what about the Father? What's the Father doing? Next slide, please, Jim. He's got purposes, which are what? He's going to give us every spiritual blessing in Christ. Because of Jesus, you listen, you have a $10 billion blank check in your name. All you have to do is endorse it. Every spiritual blessing is yours in Christ. And then he says what? At the end of time, it's all going to come together in unity. Praise the Father for his purposes. Next slide. We praise the Son because he chooses us. I've told the story many times before. Real fast. Five, in eighth grade, I was 5'6". When I was a freshman, I was 6'3". Couldn't run, couldn't walk. There were 62 guys in a high school basketball team. Homewood, Florida, High School, Paramount, uh, Homewood, California, Homewood, Illinois. And there were three teams, and then there were sprints. And Clark Johnson and I ran by ourselves, because when we ran, we knocked everybody down. We were so uncoordinated, we had to run, we, had, we literally had half the gym for our, each of us, because we just, right? And in my freshman year, hadn't been in one minute of a game, Coach Laquetta says to me, Garver, get in the game. I thought, I got, I got chosen. The coach chose me. God chose you forever. But now that we've just chosen, now we become part of the family. You become part of God's. He calls you son or daughter. And then we're saved. Our sins are washed away. Praise the Son. How about the Spirit? And the Spirit makes promises. He is a guarantee that what has been promised will happen. Do you understand what I'm trying to get at this morning? If we understand what it means to be enveloped, to be part of the circle of love. So this has been, and I, I, wanna, I hope I'm not beating a dead horse, but in the loss of our son and then lost Lane's parents, and many of you lost loved ones, you know this, there's this constant internal dialogue. So what has happened? What happens? And as we together, Lane and I, have really worked at living out of the circle of love, we understand that all is well. All is well. Because Kirk, it remains in the circle of love. We, we remain, all of us, if you're in Christ, you remain in the circle of love. Wow, how different life is then. So I can look at, you know, we can, we, forgive me, if I'm being a little, it's so easy to live my life like this. Is this an exaggeration? Most of us look, look at life through how will this, everything affect me? Is that fair? 
how's politics, how's the country, how's the government, how's the economy, how's my relationship, everything, how, how am I doing? And what, this, what the doctrine of the Trinity says to us is, there is a reality that's far bigger and broader and richer and more beautiful, which we are invited to live in, live out of. And this is why this relationship with Christ is so important. Je Jesus said, I am the way. Back to the picture again, Jim, the circles. Think about this now. John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. What's he talking about? The red. Jesus said, I'm the gate, I'm the door, I'm the light, I'm the living water. Jesus is the way. He knows the way. So this is why this relationship with Christ is so critical as we learn to be in relationship with Jesus in, in a whole variety of ways. As we learn to be in relationship, we learn more about this Father, Son, and Spirit. Why? Because in two weeks, I'll show you this. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In John 14 through 17, they're always interacting with each other all the time. The Father does this, the Son does this, the Spirit does this. Back to the picture of Rublev, Jim. So there's this constant interactivity, but it's not static like the picture. It's active. And we, we, we are a part of this. So if you know that, if you believe it, if you live out of it, it will change how we live. Yes? Help me, church. Yes? Okay, so give me some feedback. So what does that mean, do you think? Practically, what does it mean for us to live out of this circle of love? What, what does it look like for us? A couple people, just two or three. What, 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 uh, answer this. What would it look like for me, you answer the question, to live out of this circle of love? What would it look like? What is it? Help me. It'd be fun. Randy says be fun. It'd be profoundly countercultural. Let me go with that. Jesus talked about life. He said there's a broad way and there's a narrow way. Jesus said many people are on the broad way and it leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. So the example I gave you years ago was to go the narrow way is to go the opposite direction of the culture. But Lyle's saying. So what does that mean? That's why I talk about the Sermon on the Mount all the time, to live a different life, to forgive, to bless your enemies, to pray for those who persecute you. It's so countercultural, but it's different. If we live from the circle of love, can you imagine what our country would say about Christians in America today? What do you think, what do you, what do you read, if you read the media? We're against all kinds of stuff. But what if we're for? What if we're for the kingdom of God? What if we're for the circle of love? Remember now, what's the word love? Don't, don't, miss this, don't miss this. I'm using Dallas Willard's phrase, definition with an addition. The word agapao is to will and to do the good of another. So the circle of love, the, the Father, Son, and Spirit, one and three, three and one, will and do the good of each other all the time. So someday when Christ comes back and we have a new heaven and new earth, how the Trinity is in relationship, we will be in relationship with everyone. Because we will be fully embraced in the circle of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. It's not boastful. It is not proud. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. 
It believes all things, it hopes all things, endures all things. That love never ends. Welcome to the circle of love. That's where we are invited to live now. And that's where we're gonna live forever. Is there an amen in the house anywhere? <laughs> Come on, you Dutchmen. There we go. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you and we honor you. You've invited us to abide in this deep relationship with you. And you invite us to live out of that love relationship, affecting our worlds in beautiful and rich and incredibly wonderful ways. So we pray for the release of your Holy Spirit. We pray your blessing as we follow. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We have two songs now, and if you'd like at any point to go to the chapel to have someone pray over you, I guess we invite you to go. Is it still going on, Mike? Yep, so you're invited to leave anytime you want, or you're welcome to stay and worship for 10 more minutes.